Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. This is the Rangers podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Sitting across from me, no doubt texting his wife, Gina, is the one and only Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How are you? Good morning, Kevin. I'm texting our Cowboys guest. Oh, are you? Who I've wrangled. You know what? I I'm think a guest wrangler. I think in the in the several decades that we've been doing this podcast, this is the first guest you've ever gotten outside of Rangers beat. Yeah, but I get the I, I have the best guests on the Rangers beat. The best. <laughs> the yeah. best. The best, Jerry. Uh yeah, that's gold. Uh yeah, it's it's good. Uh who's our who's our Rangers guest? We me. You? We me. Oh you. Okay. We me. All right. We don't have a Rangers guest this morning because they're all hurt. Yeah, they're all they're all hurt. Uh this is phenomenal. Now I They I, are all at the hospital. They will have uh, because I'm sure that by the time everybody hears this podcast, it will be revealed that Adrian Beltre will be on the DL for uh, on the 10 day DL anyway. Um, it was not good last night. Not I, good. I, I, well, and, and I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 let me um, let me backtrack a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Uh, because for anybody who's not listening, Beltre got hurt in the ninth in the eighth inning on uh, Wednesday night or Tuesday night. Typical of the Rangers. Uh, even in the middle of what amounts to something of a rally, something dreadful happens to yeah. his team. He he hits a ball into the right field, right center gap, and three steps in. It, it drove home a run. It should have been a double. Um, he pulls up lame and kind of hobbles to first base. And I, you know, for me, there there are things that indicate um, how severe an injury is. And and for me, it's. Something along the lines of Beltre walking off the field before the trainer and the manager even got there. His head down. He just kept walking through the dugout. Never took off his helmet. Never sat down. Uh, and then when he came to his locker after the game, and I give the guy a whole lot of credit for you know having for coming out and talking um, to the media after just another injury. Uh, he never could look up. He just kept looking at the ground. And, and so for me, and, and, you know, I think Adrian knows his body really well. Um, I, I, I think those are all indicators that he knows it's a fairly significant strain. Um, he's had two strains in that left hamstring before. Uh, he knows what, what a hamstring strain feels like. And I think at the age of 39, he also realizes that uh, he's not going to heal quite as quickly. Uh-uh. Um, and I think he also, you know, I, there, I asked him last night, I said, you know, is, is there a level of, um, uh, do you feel almost a level of failure uh, for getting hurt right now when this team is, is struggling and, and and without other starters? And and he he said, yeah, I'm disappointed. I, I'm one of the guys who's supposed to be doing better. We, we've already got two middle infielders out. We don't need another one. Uh, you know, it, there, there's, there was a real, once again, kind of a reminder of just how close to the end he, he may be. 
Yeah, this is a this is a mess. You know, I tweeted this out last night after that happened that, that they will now have an entirely replacement infield, wall to wall. And uh, I, I would, you know, if I'm, I'll go for I'll go further than that. But go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, for me, uh, at this point, um, I, I I don't feel like it's it's working at first base. Uh, I think uh, he looks a little bit. Uh, Overwhelmed at the plate uh, now after kind of a nice start over there for Ronald Guzman. So uh, if I'm the Rangers, uh, I bring Jody Gallo back to first base. Uh, I put I bring up Ryan Rua and put him back in left field uh, now that uh, Delano DeShields is back in center. And uh, and I and I guess you just I, I leave Drew Robinson at third base. No, 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 no. no. If wow. It, if it's me, I'm going to give Guzman a longer look because this is now about the future. And I've got the, I've got the latitude to allow him to to fail and get a baseline, in much the same way that 2014 they allowed Rugnetto Door to to kind of go through a, a rookie year. Um, the, the question now becomes: for the next ten days, do you go with Renato Nunez at third base or Gallo at third base, and the other one in left field? Um, Nunez is 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy that they got on a waiver claim, he's got some legitimate power. Time to take a look at him. And then he, he, didn't get get a, May, he didn't hit a home run the other day. He did not. And then you get to May twenty third or May third, May fourth, and when you're past the date where you would um, subject yourself to uh, losing uh, a year of free agents or, or, or control on Willie Calhoun. You go to Willie Calhoun. This is now a, a rebuilding year. I, I'm just. This is something I tweeted last night. You're looking at the possibility that you could have Ronald Guzman, age 23, at first base. Isaiah Kiner-Falifa, age 23, at second base. Jerickson Profar, age 25, at short. Gallo or Nunez, both 24, in, at third base. The other one in left field. Delino DeShields, 25, in center field. And no more Mazzara, who's about to turn 23 in right. And there might be days that if you bring up Calhoun, that you got a 23 year old DH too. You are a you've got the opportunity to play these young kids. And this season, what constitutes success now is some degree of growth amongst a, if not a preponderance of those guys, at least a, a plurality. Wow, that sounds like a, a presidential campaign. That's me. I'm launching the grant in 2020. The the preponderance and the, the I can't even say it. The preponderance and the plurality. Wow, that's hard to say. That those are those are words I've. You've been practicing. Well, yes. You know, ever since I got balaclava into a game story a couple of weeks ago, uh, I good. um yeah, that's good. I, I, I've been working on my big words. Yeah, that I like it. So, what do you think about that? Well, uh, here's what I think. Uh, You're the one who's like. Banging your fist on the table, Willie Calhoun, Willie Calhoun. I was banging my fist for Willie because uh, here's the thing, you know, as as we know, and I have repeated several times, uh, as, you know, what did John Daniels tell us over the winter? Well, we want to see our young guys. Well, you were seeing at that point, you were going to see the young guys that were already playing. You know, you didn't really have any plans for anybody else. Not certainly not in the rotation, not really in the bullpen either, except for Leclerc. Uh, so, and, and, and Kella, you know, but you'd already seen him. He was, these guys were all going to play anyway, if you'd been a championship team. 
Well, now you are going to get to see all the young guys, and and I forgot about Renato uh, Nunez. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point at third. Base. I would not move Joey Gallo back to third base. I I don't think he's I don't think he's going to play third base long. You don't like him at third base. No, I don't. I just but I'm going to tell you this: as much as I like Joey Gallo at first base, yeah, I think Guzman is a better fielder at first base. Well, did you like the splits last night? I like the splits. I like his ability to scoop. I, and I think Joey's a gold glove caliber first baseman. But even Joey said, look, if, if this got Guzman to, to the big leagues, uh, I was okay with that move. And I think he recognizes how good – I'm surprised at how good Guzman is as a defender. Uh, obviously, I didn't pay close enough attention to him as a fielder. Um, but nobody has ever come to me, knock on my door, and said – this guy's a great fielder, but I think he's I think he's he's a really, really good fielder. Uh, okay, player. so if the, so if you decide to do that, now I'm not convinced on him as a hitter. You know, that, uh, and, and I, I'm I'm not sure I am either. But I think that this is you have this opportunity now. It's about nothing else. There's a friend of mine who uh, who played minor league ball for several years. Uh, said to is me, "Is it that, one of the Hinojosas? No, somebody okay. else." Uh, he said, uh, you know, in the in the American League, you, you you can't afford to have Mark Grace at first base, and and I and I'm thinking that maybe that's what he is, uh, and that might be stretching it to say no, that. that that you know, I think Mark Grace is the poster child for good hit, no power first baseman, right? Um, and and certainly that thought came to my mind at at one point in time too, um, and he's going to have to show more power. I. He's got the ability to have power. Well, he's big enough. Yeah, he's got the ability to have more power. But I think that's also the thing that that right now, you know, he can he can develop. And and I just feel like at at eight and seventeen, and you know, with a really tough stretch of schedule coming up, it's going to get worse before it gets better for this club. They're going to be out of it early, and I, I I think that what is most important is saying. All right, we were going to give guys who supposedly were on the cusp of being ready for the big leagues. We're forced into this now of widening that a little bit. Fortunately, you don't have to rush any pitchers to the big leagues right now, mm-hmm. any starting pitchers. So just go with this. Yeah, go with it. Well, you got to go with it anyway. You don't have any other choice, so you might as well. I, I it's what's interesting to me is that now this kind of does force the Rangers' hand a little bit, as we've discussed before. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, uh, you know, okay, the, the Rangers are thin at the top of their system. Uh, all their strength is at the bottom. But you know what? You can say that about every team in baseball. Until these guys get to double A, we don't really know how good they are. Completely and, agree. So so let's so now uh, these guys are going to be forced up uh, to play, and we'll, and we'll see. Now that we're not seeing the top prospects no. at, at this point, we're still seeing guys. You know, even Guzman, who's a very nice player, was not considered. You know, uh, a, a top. No, Calhoun would be the one top prospect that could get to the big leagues this year. Leotis Tavares is is, is the number one prospect in the system. He's at Class A. Hopefully he he finishes the year at Double A. But but most of the other upper-level prospects are at Class A. And I I completely agree with you. I I, I think that we've turned this – the projection industry and scouting has turned class a ball players into stars before their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, you don't have a real idea if a guy's a real prospect until he gets the double a. And just because he's a real prospect at double a doesn't amount to anything in the big leagues. So no. there, there, there's a lot of steps left for, for those guys to take. I just think the the big thing right now where the, where the minor league pitching is, is concerned 
is to make sure that you don't rush anybody. You don't push anybody too fast up levels to to to, to allow them because they're competing at one level to challenge them with the next level. I want to see guys finished off at a level before yeah. they move to the next level. Yeah. Well, you know, and of course, as we've talked about before, too, they they spent last year in particular working on, you know, getting these pitchers established their fastball command and, and, and uh, really pick that up. You know, the things that uh, we're seeing on the big league level now, to me, are, okay, uh, it, you know, I, I don't think that anybody who got hurt is somebody who would have been traded anyway uh, by the trade deadline. Uh, I think all those guys were pretty much locked in uh, in, in the infield, certainly. But I don't think they were going to – even if Beltre had stayed healthy, I don't think they would have traded him at the deadline. Oh, I think they would have if there was a market. The question that I'd have – Well, they be, had a market. I still think there would be a market for him. I, I think there uh, – Not much of a market. Let's put it this way. Um, if the rental market is going to be fronted. Baltimore's off to an awful start too. Mm-hmm. The rental market's going to be fronted by Manny Machado, whether he plays shortstop or he goes to a contender to play third base for half a year. Right. Um, <clears throat> beyond that, there, there's going to be Josh Donaldson out there. Well, potentially the Blue Jays have have gotten back off to have, have recovered yeah. the start of their season. Right. Um, I, I still feel like th- there might be a fit for Beltre, but it's not going to be a huge. You know, no. they're not going to get. He's a Hall of Fame player, but they're not going to get the 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 package for a Hall of Fame player because he's at the end of his career. He's now got um, I, I, the soft tissue thing is is not just a concern. I mean, it's it's a chronic issue. See, I, I want to talk about that a little bit more too because I know it came up last night, and I was surprised by this that people were. Talking about the the Lucroy slide in the third base, you know, this has nothing to do with a hamstring injury. You know, I'm no doctor, but you know, you cannot put a if he had to put his uh, spikes in the middle of his hamstring, that, that would not have been a factor. Well, I I I think still you see, you know, you see contact mm-hmm. at third base, um, and I there was no interpretation on my mind that the slide was in any way dirty or anything. Right. The, the you still want to just make sure. Okay, did I miss something? Did no. did your leg bend the wrong way? Did you know? No. Did you flex it the wrong way? Um, were you spiked in in in, in the calf and and were you or, or ham or he was actually spiked in the in the calf, right? Um, and and did that you know force you to favor the leg at all? I think if there was anything that contributed to it, it was the fact that. He beat out an infield hit early in the game. That's what it was. In my and mind. the second part was there was the the foul ball in which Lucroy then got a ball, threw it back to the pitcher. The ball went into right and uh, center field. Went to Beltre third. Went to first to third. I think those kinds of things, you know, may have may have um, stressed the, the the hamstring out a little bit. And there's just no there's no accounting for that. You know, it's just stuff that you do in in the context of the game, and it's. The kind of thing that happens to a 39-year-old. Well, a guy who's he's had those problems for a long time. Correct. And, you know, this is what makes that not so funny what Carlos Gomez did out there in right field when he tried to throw him out at first base. And, and uh, remember, and, and he, he hustled to first base on that play. And I, and I tweeted this at the time. You know, if he pulled his hammy then, uh, that wouldn't have been so funny. You know, and uh, and Carlos was, you know, just being Carlos. And, and, I think Carlos was trying to make a play. I, I think he was, but you know, when you're when you're is a snap throw, you know, you, he 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 was he was trying to make a play, but but he was uh, he, he that's 
that's a, a guy that was who kind of straightened out his career a little bit. I mean, he comes to he comes to the Rangers and uh, and Adrian Beltre is one of the guys who helps him get things figured out and where he's he's still in baseball. You but know? I, I listen, I'm here, my perspective on this stuff right now is, um, and and I I wrote a little bit about this this week. I really would have liked to get gotten into it more, but I look at it the same way um, as I do shifts. Um, if teams are going to shift and a guy wants to try and beat the shift, absolutely. don't get pissed off. No, absolutely. It, you know, I don't believe that James Pazos was throwing at Gallo when he got hit after he tried to bunt, um, and Gallo said the same thing. But I, I, I do agree with Jeff Bannister here. You don't want him to bunt, or you don't want him to slap the ball the other way, then don't put four outfielders, don't put four fielders in right field. And, and I think the same thing goes right now for any team. You can get outs or you can get a base. Uh, if, if you can get outs on defense or you can get a base on offense, what we are being, what we are telling players is those bases and those outs are incredibly valuable. And if Carlos Gomez was, was quick enough on his feet to think Beltre is not going to run that hard on the turf and I've got a chance to get an out here, I'm going to take it. Um, did they have fun with it after the fact? Yes. But look. We've seen this from Adrian Beltre having fun with other players with no hard feelings whatsoever for seven years now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I want Carlos Gomez to give up on the play. It's just that, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I can see that. I see your argument. Now, going back over to the, the bunny thing, now, I, I want to see somebody actually go on the record and say, hey, that's chicken, you know, button into the button into the shift like that. Uh, so, because my point Minnesota is gonna, kind of did that. Well, see, but my point is, it's like this is like in the NFL, you load the box to stop the run, right? And some, and you so you throw over the top on that. So, is the defense supposed to get mad? You're not supposed to do that. We've loaded the box. You're supposed to run right into this. Absolutely, it's, and it's it, the same principle. I don't, I don't get it. It's uh, just uh, stupid. Apparently, Justin Verlander got got upset the other day over Tim Anderson stealing a base down five nothing, and I'm like, that may not be the highest percentage play in in in, in baseball, but if they're trying to to create something against you, don't get upset about it. Well, it depends on what time it is in the game. I, I, the, for me, the the unwritten rules are out. Oh, I, I agree. I, I just think all that stuff is. I think all that stuff is really stupid. You you just can't. You know, it's just like when uh, the twins. I, you know, again for me, the, the whole genesis was of, of this was that, that Gallo got hit, and it came after after the twins expressed some displeasure uh, over a, a Baltimore hitter bunting against the shift. Uh, in what was a one hitter, and with with Baltimore down by six runs, and and my my thing is, they need base runners. You're going to give them free base runners. I expect them to take it, and I sit there and applaud them. So don't get upset about it. I'm having a a, a mind blank here. The pitcher that the Rangers acquired from the Cubs who couldn't field a bunt. That would be Matt Garza. Matt Garza. You know Matt Garza, a guy who could not field a bunt. To me. If you go into that game against him, and of course he was struggling so much, you could, it didn't really matter a whole lot. But he struggled so much that if, if you didn't go into that game planning to bunt on him at least a couple of times a game, then you've done your team a disservice, right? I mean, you know, why wouldn't you do that? And, and if he then because if he starts throwing at people, then well, then he's played right into your hands. And if you're Eric, if you're Eric Sogard, a little ball player, you know, who plays that kind of small ball style, yeah. Absolutely. If you can handle the bat and and you know that this guy has, has issues with it and you know that's going to be brought up in the scouting report 
and those those players have pregame advance meetings, pre-series advance meetings, pregame scouting reports. It's in everything about the pitcher that they read. You want these guys to pay attention to it. I. I I got no issue with it. Yeah, I just don't understand. What's so uh, crazy to me is that okay, so we have we've changed baseball right with these shifts. Changed it, you know. Baseball's completely. You look up out there, and there's guys playing all over the place. You got third baseman playing on the right side of the infield sure. sometimes. So it's it's crazy. And so for anybody to say then, well, now we're, okay, we're going to do this crazy thing, but you can't bunt against that. You can't you can't slap a ball to the left side of the infield now because of that. I think that's just insane to say that so i think yeah i'm with you i think all bets are off and all this kind of stuff now that uh that you you can't expect people people are going to do whatever they need to do to win these games and nobody nobody in the rangers and i talked to beltray about this i talked to banister about that i talked to gallo um nobody indicated that the mariners expressed any displeasure right uh nobody expressed that they any intent but i think because we are in this era of shifts and because we are seeing this I thought it was worthwhile just to ask the question. Sure. About, like, what's your perspective on this? And, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, I completely agree. And, and you know, it's, it's as, as Bannister said, you do your thing and we'll do ours. Yeah. So. Well, uh, you know, I don't know. And, and, and I think eventually what's going to happen, too, that that'll just extend itself to all the other things that we have seen in baseball, like like. Speaking of Carlos Gomez, what he did after he hit that walk-off home run the other day where he practically salsa'd all the all way around the bases. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody do what Carlos did in that particular way. And Tom Grieve was talking about it in the game. He said, he said, I'd like to just go back in time and take guys from 1935 and, and let them watch this. You don't have to go back to 1935. You can go back to 1985. Or 1995, and and uh, and see that, and guys would, and of course, some of those headhunters from back back in that era would have done something about it. But I I don't know anymore. I think what you're going to see in baseball is that all all those things disappear. I, I believe that you will you will end up seeing all the things that we have thought that were you know you're supposed to hit a home run, you're supposed to put your head down and run around the bases. You know, don't take too long to get there. Don't don't make any gestures on your way. I used to be like this. I I I guess I'm becoming kind of a Benjamin Buttons as a as a sports writer instead of you know becoming the angry old man. I was the angry old man, and now I'm loosening up. I if if a guy wants to express some joy, especially after a walk off home run, right? If you want to express some joy about winning a game for your team, I got no issue. Carlos is uh, Carlos is a player who plays with emotion. We saw that here for two years. Uh, he had been off to a really rough start. He he dealt with, uh, you know, he had a solid year last year. wasn't anything spectacular, and he had to take a seventy five percent pay cut. All of that considered, if you you know, he wins a game and, and and he wants to try and get himself and a team struggling going. I got zero issue with it. If you don't like it. Do not leave a pitch over the middle of the play. Right. Make a better pitch. I don't think you need to be turning to the dugout uh, after you hit the home run and the opposing dugout and looking in there. I, I'm I, never a fan of that. I'm but. not a fan of that either. But I think, but expressing your joy is is another thing. You know, I, I go. Back I didn't to, see him look to the dugout. I just saw the the dancing around yeah. uh, third base. I, and, I thought he might have done that. I'm not positive. But I was. I mean, that was the problem I had. That was the only problem I really had with Bautista's home run right. against the Rangers. Was I got zero? You hit a huge home run in a playoff series. You don't have to taunt the other team. Well, he practically threw his bat into the post dugout. That was. 
You know, I go back to what Donald Harris said one time. You know, who holy was, cow, we're quoting Donald. Well, Harris. you know, faithful, it was a faithful draft pick for the Rangers. They could have had Frank Thomas. They took Donald Harris. You know, we should go back sometime and look at the guys because we, we talk about the Dylan Tate pick. You know, you could have had uh, you know uh, Benintendi or Carson Fulmer or yeah. Carson Fulmer. There were a lot of guys who who went up there in that in that draft. They could have the, had the Mike. You could have had Mike Messina. You took Dan Smith. Yeah, a lot of those. But what Donald Harris told me, you know, he, who was obviously a bust as a first-round pick, but he was an excellent center fielder. And he was, and we were talking one time about, you know, he caught a he caught a ball at the wall and ran up the wall and did a backflip off of it, you know. And he said, you know, that's the thing about football. Uh, he said, you you celebrate football and everybody loves it. It's a great thing. He says, in baseball, you do something like that and everybody looks at it like, oh my god, it's okay to have fun. It is okay to have fun, and I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna find out in baseball is a lot of these things are gonna go away, and 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 you know you always say well, well but that's what we're struggling with right now on a shift thing is everybody is like okay we're moving the shifts and now everybody's taking umbrage over somebody trying to beat the shift yeah I think you're an idiot if you don't yeah I, I you know we we talked about that when when Joey didn't bunt into that shift and Elvis said. Maybe next time, you know, he he does that. I, it, clearly, to me, Elvis was in favor of him doing that. I, and, and I think on Joey, look, I I posted something like yesterday on Twitter um, with his spray chart from this year. And if you look at his spray chart, it's clear that again, the preponderance—this is my word of the week—of yeah. of balls are hit to the left side of the field. Now, right. most of those are still fly balls, and there are going to people who there are going to be people who say, "Well, just slap the ball or bunt down the third base line." I still would say there's situations where that makes sense, but by and large, this is a fly ball hitter with fly, with big power. I want him using that. Now you come to the plate. Uh, there was a there was a situation. Uh, I forget if it was in Tampa or if it was this weekend. You came to the plate, ninth inning, Rangers. I think it was in Tampa. They were down by four runs. Um, might have been against Seattle actually, because Seattle had the the really extreme shift. Yeah. You, you do that, that's a situation this team needs base runners. You're, you, yeah. you, you, you hitting a home run there does nothing. They give you that, you do whatever you can to try and bunt or, or whatever to get on base. Well, here, here's the thing about bunting into that. We always keep saying, oh, then you play right into their hands, and now it's just a single instead of a home run. But here's the thing. You do it enough, people, maybe they, maybe they get out of the shift. Maybe they go back to playing you straight up. And now when you hit one of those line drives, scorching right. line drives to the right side of the infield, maybe it gets through. Right. To me, that's that's the issue here is that you need to make teams pay for doing this to you. Uh, you know, I think even Ted Williams – Ted Williams was, I, I believe, may have been the first guy that they ever anybody employed, employed a shift on. And uh, as I recall, when he came here to manage the Rangers, they went through at some point. Somebody had a bunting drill, and he bunted one to the left side. And he said, "If I had hit, if I had done that when I was a player, I'd have hit five hundred. You know, and 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 I and that's right. Here's the thing: Joey's so fast. If you pushed a bunt through the left side of the infield down the line, if he pushed it, he might get a double out of that. With the way some of these shifts work, and and, and I completely agree with you. And but I would also say this. Um, players all have flaws. Yeah, no player is perfect, right? Joey spent an enormous amount of time trying to hone his swing and his approach at the plate, right? Uh, to some extent, to some extent, that's going to come at the expense of spending a whole lot of time in the cage working on bunting. Sure, um, it's not the strongest part of his game, nor should it be as no, a power hitter. No, um, and, and <clears throat> I, I think that's. Uh, 
that's just something that people are going to have to deal with. There are situations that call for it, and he's got to be, I think he knows he's got to be a little bit more adept at it, and he's got to recognize those situations. Just like, you know, last week uh, in Tampa, Guzman came up, ninth inning, Rangers are rallying, uh, got runners on base. Guzman comes up as a pinch hitter in that situation. Uh, The Rays are struggling with command. Um, I think the pitcher just walked somebody. Swings at the first pitch. Uh, he's a first pitch kind of guy. He attacks first pitches, but as, as since you Chu told him, listen, I'm not mad at you for for grounding into the double play there. That that's not the issue. But let's let's talk about this. That you know you're coming into a game cold, and there's there's there, as a pinch hitter something you're not really used to do, used to doing. Um, understand that it's it's really difficult. No matter how many swings you take in the cage. It's really difficult to go from the cage, take one swing at, at, at the plate, right? Um, and understand that the situation is, you know, here's a guy who's having some command issues. You probably need to take at least one pitch just to, to kind of get your eyes um, um, set. And unless that guy throws you a fastball down the heart of the plate, that's that that should probably be the way you go. These are things that these guys have to learn, and and that's why I think there's a lot of benefit, even if these guys struggle to having them play day in and day out. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. You know, back to that first pitch thing, that I, I, that always goes to me, you know, I, I watch too much of my son's college games, you know, and, and you know, and he's, he's uh, we're trying to get him to be more aggressive early in the camp because at that level, pitchers are having command problems and, and they're, a lot of them are just trying to get ahead. And, and the, the last thing you want to do is take that fastball down the middle it, on that first pitch. It's a thin line. Yes, and, and it, it is. It, it's just like with pitchers, you know, if a guy gets beat on his fastball and it's his best pitch, uh, it's like, well, they were all sitting on your fastball. Why didn't you throw them something off speed? Then they get beat on something off speed. It's not their best pitch. You say, well, why didn't you get, beat, you know, throw your strength? Right. There's a thin line there between being aggressive and too aggressive. Um, and, and I'd also, I'd also caution. I know you're just using the example of, of Ford in that situation. You know, it's it, it's the big. Oh, the big leagues are different. Yeah, big absolutely. Different. Guys can they got all kinds of pitches they can throw. But you, you you do have to you just have to go up there and say okay, unless you're getting something straight down the middle, you're looking. You're, yeah. You're, you're applying that one pitch, one zone mentality. Absolutely, absolutely. to the extreme there. Yeah, if you don't get it, then you're just tracking. Absolutely, on the first pitch, you always do that. that yeah, I'm, that's what you know. At any level, that's the, that's the rule. Is that if you get the pitch you're looking for, that very first pitch, then go ahead and hack. Uh, that there's not a problem with that. I, you know, uh, I want to go back to a little bit what we were just talking about and this whole button shift. And I and, and the and the deal has always been, you know. Hey, you know, uh, Cadillac, you know, home run hitters drive Cadillacs, singles hitters drive Ford, that whole thing. That was an argument from the 40s and 50s and whatever, uh, and that they, they don't pay me to bunt. Well, here's the thing. Who gave you that quote? Uh, oh, ho, ho, ho. Was it Enos Slaughter? Enos Slaughter. That's it. Country. Yeah. Yeah. Country Slaughter. The the thing is, the game has changed defensively. So if people are going to do this to you, you have to adjust. You simply have to adjust. Are you? So what are you going to ask this guy to do? Become a spray hitter? Uh, you know, try to develop and, and hit the ball. Obviously, I'm I'm telling you right now that is going to be a lot harder harder to do than bunting. You know, so I, I just think that uh, you know it's just to me like Delano DeShields. You know, and I went down and watched him play at Frisco, and uh, you know, and, and he. He bunted there, and I even asked him after the game. Uh, I said, "Well, you just determined to bunt. Uh, you know, you're just going to bunt no matter what." 
Uh, and he said, oh, no, that this situation, I think, really called for it, you know. But he, but he comes up here, and it's like you watch him put a bunt down. Now, he's a really good bunter. Uh, and he had 11 bunt base hits last year. Had one last night. Had one last night. You know, uh, if, if teams are going to play back on you, why aren't you bunting? I, I'm saying he should think about bunting every game. He should think about bunting I think he once does. every game. Who, Delano? Yes. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, I, I think he comes to the plate – and is aware of the situation, is aware of positioning of fielders. I think he's, I think he's very alert to that and very, very in tune with it. But again, it's, you know, it's forty percent or, or maybe thirty percent of who he is offensively. Right. It's three percent of who Joey Gallo is. No, absolutely, absolutely. There's, no, there's a big difference. But I will say that, that it, to me, because I look at it this way. Uh, like when he, now he pushed the bunt up the first baseline last night, and that's a perfect. But that's a hard thing to do, you know, to push it like that. You got to get it past the pitcher, or at least close to getting it past where the first baseman. That that's a tough thing to do. But you know, we're. I think that if he bunted once a game, gets four at bats, bunts once a game, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a hit in every game. You know, he's gonna have a hundred and sixty-two game hit streak. Uh well, Kevin, I that's what I'm gonna say right I, now. I, I, you're not using any hyperbole there. Um, uh, no, I just think that, that that's a preponderance of hyperbole. Yes, Kevin. Yes. I want to break in here with some breaking news. Breaking news. Um, we got breaking news. Apparently, uh, on his Instagram account today, Chanho Park has put a Park. a video of him catching a snake with his bare hand on a golf course. <laughs> um, if I had known this, I would have never ripped Chanho Park as a pitcher. The fact he's a snake handler now? He's a snake wrangler. I mean, he's well, he was golfing, and there apparently was a snake on the uh, on the course. And here he is. He's got it. He's kind of got it with his putter. What kind of snake is it? I, I a cobra. Yeah, right. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know where he was golfing. Uh, I, I he also kind of like, like, he also like, looks like Don January with well, the hat. You don't like you can say he was golfing. He was playing golf. Golfing. Isn't that golfing? No, that's like that's what my wife will say. Are you going to go golfing? And I said, no, we're going to go play golf. Go- you can't golf as a verb. <laughs> you can't say I'm golfing. You Why know? not? It's 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 against the rules. It's it's part of the etiquette. It's like it's like bunting into a shift. I'm sorry. You don't say maybe that. when you go out to the old goat track, that's what you say. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm fixing to play golf. We at the country club go golfing. First of all, then they, we go brunch. First of all, they don't let your kind into the country club. Oh my god! <laughs> what is my kind? <laughs> you know, fat, bald, bald and dumpy. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That, that is my kind. Yeah. Um. So what else we got on this team, Kevin? I mean, the, it, it's just a disaster. You know, they they have. You know, we, we knew the. Uh, I was on a, a radio show just this morning from Lubbock, and uh, and they were asking me about this, and I said, well, you know, we knew that the rotation was going to be no good. We knew that wasn't going to work. There was no way that rotation was going to work because it was requiring three guys to to come through after having bad year or years. Uh, so there was no way that was going to happen. And, and now what's happened is that that has come true and, and they have burned up the bullpen already. Uh, it's amazing. So the Rangers have 88 relief appearances by, uh, this year. Yeah. Second most in the majors. Interestingly enough to the LA angels who are, who are off to a great start. Right. Um, 
The Rangers, I, I figured this out this morning, the Rangers are on pace for 570 relief appearances this year. That sounds uh, uh, almost impossible, doesn't it? That's 100 more than they had last year. Wow. Um, I, I and, and I just don't, you know, it's the results over the last five days suggest they've burned up the bullpen. Yeah. But if you go back and look, last Wednesday at Tampa, the bullpen went one and two-thirds innings. It was their their shortest outing of the year. Right. They had Thursday off. <laughs> and then in the you know, and then from Friday on, it's it's like from Friday on they should have been as rested as they've been all year and they they've been awful. Yeah. Um well it's not all just being overuse, you know, some of these guys have just not always been good, right. you know, and so I, I, you know, and I did think if they had, and I think I wrote this, if they had a sliver of hope for this season, it was the bullpen. I thought that they had a better bullpen this year going into the season than they had last year. They did not have a proven closer, as we know, but they had a lot of good arms out there, and and uh, and so of course that is not happening. I'm, I'm laughing because I tweeted the video of Chan Ho catching the snake, and somebody has already replied. Uh, after I, my tweet was Chan Ho Park caught a snake. Period, and I tweeted the video. And uh, somebody responded, after the snake went three for four. Wow. <laughs> that is Why don't so, I have this level of humor, uh, Kevin? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to tell you about that. Chan Ho Park was not one of uh, John Hart's better moments. The um, Well, it was driven by Tom Hicks. It was not Tom Hicks' better moment either. Um, it was not Tom Hicks' better judgment. It was when Tom Hicks was way too immersed in the baseball operations. Um, but your, to your point on the bullpen... Um, the surprising things for me are that Alex Claudio has gotten off to a really rough start. Yeah, he's really struggled. Uh, one thing I've noticed is, and, and I think the manager mentioned this, and I, I, I he's according to baseball, uh, Brooks baseball, he's thrown more sliders and changeups uh, in the first month this year than he did last year. I'm not so sure, especially with his fastball. Uh, if he's throwing, he once threw something that was a cutter, mm-hmm. and there's not there's so little difference in his in his fastball speeds. Right. That I'm wondering if if some of the stuff that's registering as a slider is a cutter, and I'm not a big cutter fan at this point. Well, I can tell you wrote about that the other day. Yeah, yeah. I just I I don't think I, I I kind of agree with Doug Brokale here. I mean, if the pitch doesn't really change planes, the the best guys throwing cutters are guys who have kind of a natural cutting movement to their fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, Mariano's pitch and his his wrist and his fingers created that pitch, and I think too often pitchers try to create the movement with the, with the cutter and they see some movement, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change planes now. And well, if you, you don't do that, you're not going to fool hitters. Your location has to be really good too. Rivera's kind of ran in on guys a little bit. It was on like, left-handers. Yeah, it didn't it didn't just move. It, you know, if you're going to run it in and and it starts out it maybe bored in. Yeah, on the barrel now it's on the handle. Well, then then that's right. you know, then you're in real trouble. But I just think the 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 velocity difference for most guys is 3 or 4 miles an hour. It's not really enough to get them off of the fastball yeah at best maybe it, they're a tick late and they get a foul ball worst case scenario you know these guys are able to to, to serve the ball into the outfield um and, and i think with you know with launch angle and guys trying to work on their bat pass so much if you don't change the start of their swing 
I, I just don't think you're gonna. You, you, you're in. We are. It, it, we are in an era right now where the idea is go up and down more rather mm-hmm. than side to side. Because side to side, you're still going to run into the, their bats somewhere along the way. Well, and, and I think what you're also running into is here is I've always had a feeling about Claudio as as gutsy as he is uh, and everything else is that you know the stuff is not uh, outstanding. Well, and, you're really going out on a limb there to say that that a guy who throws 85 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with it's the same thing with the struggles of uh, Cole Hamels. You know, is that uh, you know the fastball's just down when you, when you're not if you're not showing a big enough difference between your fastball and your off speed stuff, right. it's just going to be really you're going to have to be pinpoint. I think then. you've got to have about seven miles an hour difference between your fastball. And I your say seven point five usually, um, and then another or seven uh, between your fastball and your changeup, and yeah. then another seven miles an hour to, to your breaking ball. I think it, you know. Ten is better. I mean, I, I this ten is better. But but who's throwing ninety, eighty, seventy? Most guys are throwing ninety one, yeah. ninety two. Slider comes in eighty five, yeah, eighty six. Right. You're right. And then you you can maybe get below eighty on the. But you're not the, even going to dominate at that. Yeah. You're just going to be perfunctory. Then. But Claudio's not the only guy in the bullpen who's been who's been challenged. Jake Diekman has not been sharp. Right. Um, <clears throat> see, and I will say this about Jake Diekman too. Uh, you know, and I don't know. And and uh, there there are things he does extremely well. I, they flashed up a stat the other day about him and and uh, on because uh, was it on holds? Yeah. And and that his you know he, Freely's big on. I'm not a big holds guy. Yeah, I, I don't know that I am either. My problem with with Diekman is also the same thing that uh, you need to take that. No, I don't need to take that. I don't know why that's even on. Uh, is that. You know, the delivery is what bothers me. He throws across his body, and, and, it, and to me, that just lends itself to not being, um, you know, sustainable. It's, it, it's hard. It, it's, it's hard to repeat. It's, it, it is hard to repeat. That is what every scout tells you is guys who throw across their body, they have really hard-to-repeat mechanics. Yeah, and so, that, and so when people were talking about him, why couldn't he be a closer? I just – I don't think so. I, I, I need him to be a guy that uh, – he, he, what he does, you know, he's left-handed. And he throws hard, and and he's got good stuff, and it's all it's all good. It's just you know, to me, it's something you can't really count on, and that's the problem with this to me in this in this bullpen. Who who are you talking about in that bullpen? Be counted because because Matt Bush has really had a bad start as well. Well, and Matt Bush, I know he hadn't thrown a ton of pitches in any outing, but he went for his fourth straight night last night. It's pretty clear to me that he that he was the the intended guy to go down to the minor leagues mm-hmm. to activate Doug Fister today. Um, I, I I'm shocked that I saw Matt Bush throw for four consecutive games. Um, I I just uh, that one that one I didn't get. Yeah. I, I didn't get it all. And, and and especially you had Chris Martin who had two days off. Yeah. Um, and you I I started to wonder is something wrong with Martin. And then they ended up bringing Martin in later in the game. So right. I was just really shocked by that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this, Matt Bush has really um, has really gone backwards. And, you yeah, know, again, this is the guy that they tried to prep as a starter this year. They made a quick call on that. Which was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed to be the right call. But he just hasn't gotten it back together. Yeah, I just don't know if his head's in the right place, uh, and so you know we'll see. You know, he, he, but he showed signs of this last year too. At the end, of the, you know, he was just not, 
you know, there wasn't a lot of swing and miss going on. You know, and guys were hitting him hard. You know, you know how that is. You can, it doesn't matter if you're throwing 98 if it's straight as a string, you know. And and, uh, and I think he was not getting enough movement and not getting enough from his secondary stuff. Uh, so we'll, we'll see uh, what these guys do. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think to me, to the, to the point about the, the young lineup, that's the one thing that you could sell these fans in this market is that, okay, come out and, and look at our future. Uh, because the, the last thing you want to see is a bunch of guys who are going nowhere, uh, or first of all, a team that's going nowhere, with a bunch of players who don't really have a future. Uh, and, that, of course, that's what this rotation is. And that's the hard thing to sell to me is you, you're, running, you're running this group out there uh, you know, every, every day. Um, that's that's not attractive to the fans. Now they can see that in the everyday in the lineup now because of all the injuries, and and that's and that's at least fun. Like like uh, you know, Connor Falaf has been a been a terrific story. You know, and he, he's played really well. And and I and you, and you watch. There will be fans who will say when Rugi is ready to come back. Hey, I like Falafa better. We'll say, yeah, yeah. You know, or are saying say, they yeah, are saying they are saying that. Um, and I, I I think look, I think what Isaiah has done is. Um, established himself as a more legitimate prospect in the Rangers' minds than, than even they envision. Uh, but I also think that when Odor comes back, I think it's even more important. Uh, and, and this may extend it too with the Beltray injury because they'll need a backup infielder. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that uh, I, I think it's even more important for him to go down, play a lot, play some more catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to have him work some in the outfield, particularly in center field. Really? Um, and and make this guy a legitimate super utility guy. I don't know that he profiles in any one position as an everyday guy, but I think you might find regular playing time for this guy as a super utility guy. And I would love to see a guy who's got the versatility to play the middle infield spots and catch as well. Well, I will say this. Uh I'd like to see commitment from the skipper uh, to play that guy in that position because that was always the problem with Profar. You know, they were trying to make him into that. I, I think it was a mistake. I don't think he's mentally prepared for that thing. He wants to be a shortstop or a middle infielder. But I will say that they just never got him the, the consistent playing time. They, Agreed. They, everybody stayed in the game. You know, uh, Elvis never came out. Beltre never came out. You know, uh, and so. If you're gonna if you're gonna profile somebody for that, this kid maybe seems to be it. Uh, he he certainly. I, I will say, watching him play second base, there was a ball last night. Was it last night? And he came up and it took a big hop on him, mm-hmm. and his and his hands just went up very naturally, and he got the ball. And it just, it just looked. It was really smooth. It was a ball he was charging, and and it didn't look like a guy who's playing out of position. You know, here and and so to me, that's what you want in that utility, you know, that super utility guy is a guy who just looks natural out there. That, that's why I gave credit to Joey. Didn't look real good on that ball that, that uh, got hit off the wall last night. He was looking to his right and it was to his left, but but normally he looks very natural in the outfield. I don't think I want him playing out there. I will say this: I'd rather see Joey play left field than play third base. All right. First base or left field. I'm gonna um that's I'm gonna give you that as the last word. We gotta go. We've gotta get to Dane Brugler and um Cowboys draft talk. Are you going is, to is the, the draft this week? Are you going to the draft? Yeah, you know what? We're having a we're having a big shindig out at uh at the Omni tonight. As a matter oh, of that's fact. right. You that. are. That's right. I'm the MC pal. Are you? I, I am the Burt Parks of this thing. 
I'm um, going to sing the There She Is, Miss America. As a matter don't of do that because Emmett Smith is going to be there. Yeah, well, I'm interviewing Emmett. Yeah. We're having a little sit down. Yeah. Me and Emmett. We haven't gotten the. I had to send the questions over. Matter of fact, I'm I'm sure he approved them all. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get out of here. And I asked him why he was uh, so short. Let's call, let's call Dane. Did you ask him what he thought about Des? Mm, I didn't, but I will. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's call Dane and talk Cowboys. Um, uh, for uh, for the Ballsy Podcast, uh, I'm Evan Grant. Are you really? I'm Kevin Sherrington. Thank you for listening. From everybody in here to everybody out there, see ya. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.